880-KRVN, 106.9 Kearney, and 98.5 Grand Island. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. I tell you, we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the ugly is what we're dealing with again today. Some tough times right now. We're going to look at a variety of different things. You probably saw the notification from the CME when it comes to no floor trade. We'll find out more about what that's going to mean come tomorrow, Friday the 13th. Uh, outside market influences. What's going on with ethanol? What's going on with grains and livestock? So many fingers in the pot as we get all the details with Aaron Bertels. He's with Crossroads Marketing. Let's talk about the tough times that we're in right now. It is definitely, and you and I were talking, just in town, there's just a different feel in what's been happening today. Yeah, starting last night, it's certainly the sky is falling type feel, right? I mean, it's just this domino effect of things canceling and then that moving into other things that need to cancel. And then, you know, how many people do you really have in one place? And nobody really knowing what the right answer is. But once these things start going, you can't be the one that does your event, right? I mean, you can't be the one that's supposedly putting people in harm's way if, you know, if that's really what's happening here. So you look at it all, and I mean, obviously, you see all the sporting events and some agricultural events as well, and meetings that have been postponed. So somebody sitting back goes, what does that really have to do with the markets? Well, we know S&P, all that's having an influence on our grains, and it just seems to be compiling in. Yeah, it's first, obviously, we hear this all the time, it's fear initially, right? So you have this initial wave of panic and fear that sends everything. This is certainly an economic problem. I mean, we... We see that right up front here sitting in Lincoln, no fans at the state basketball tournament, right? I mean, that's a huge amount of money for downtown that's not going to happen. And all these other tournaments that are being canceled, hotels, traveling, restaurants, all of these things. This is an economic problem Um, from a grain standpoint or from all these other markets. It's just a cascading effect, right? I mean, you're not going to have the Dow go down 2,000 points and have grains go up. It just doesn't work that way. So once you get this flush of fear and panic out of the market, it doesn't mean things have to change. It doesn't mean things have to get better right now. It means you got to get rid of this part so that they can start to look at the details of this and really see what individual things this is going to impact. Because, you know, up front, I'd be honest, I, I don't know, I can't see a direct correlation between this and grains. Right? I, I can't see it. I, I get that maybe some ethanol issues because of oil, all that stuff. But overall, we're going to be able to keep the essential things going in this economy that need to go, right? I mean, we're going to have electricity. We're going to have water. We're going to be able to trade and move ships and do those things. Um, we're, we don't, this isn't something where we, we have to totally shut things down. But initially, you've just you've got to get through this stuff. And right now is a time of year, especially with grains, where there's nothing else, right? Yeah. We're not talking about planting right now. We're not worried about what the price is incentivizing us to do because it's not incentivizing us to do anything because it's not spring. Right. We've already people have bought seeds, seeds here, all that stuff's done. Um, you know, then it comes down to, well, I'm not going to plant if it's this price. Well, it probably won't be this price by the time we get to the point where it's time to make that decision because the market's going to have to incentivize us to do something there. But right now, it doesn't need to incentivize us to do anything. No. And then to see earlier today when we saw the circuit breaker get put in place and, you know, the headlines that just spread like wildfire. I mean, 15 minutes of nothing going on. It certainly strikes home when you start seeing some of these things happen that we've obviously never seen before with tournaments being canceled and you know games being played with no fans and you see famous people getting you know i mean Mm -hmm. it's it's funny to talk about but you see people that you've always watched do stuff and they're getting this thing that's been talked about you know the 
basketball game last night, there was a, an NBA basketball player that had it, and so they had to cancel the game right before it started, right? Because he tested positive for it, and so it's like, wow, these, you know, this is happening everywhere. And once you start, once society starts seeing that, it just takes a whole new uh, hold on things. I mean, before it was just China, you know, and that that's going on over there. It's not going on over here. Once it starts to hit home, you know, it becomes more real. The CME also made the announcement yesterday that after the market closes tomorrow on Friday the 13th of all crazy things, no floor trade for an indefinite period. I mean, they haven't put a when they'll be back. Yeah, and I'll be the first to tell you that I don't have a great answer on, um, you know, what this will mean, right, as far as liquidity and those kinds of things. What I do know is that this has been an argument going on for quite a while of whether it's necessary or not uh, to have floor trading because most of trading is done electronically. There are, and as it's gone through the years, at least in my time in this business, it's become more and more and more because the electronic platforms become more and more sophisticated and you're able to do more of those things. Whereas the floor trading used to be the one that could do a lot of the sophisticated stuff and you could not do that on the electronic. And that's slowly changed. Now there are plenty of people, and I'm not saying that they are wrong, plenty of diehards that believe it provides the best liquidity and that human element element there uh, is something that's necessary to make these markets function the the proper way. And I don't know whether that's true or not, um, but I, I do believe that if you do suspend this for a period of time, it's going to give a lot of people the ammunition they've been looking for to close that thing down for good. And just and we were talking about this before we even started this is you get that vision of the janitor pushing the broom come Monday morning through the CME floor because nobody will be there. These guys will be working from home and for some learning a whole new way of tra- of trading. Yeah, absolutely. For some people, definitely. You know, for a lot of people, there's still human element in the electronic trade. I mean, there's a lot of humans electronically right. trading. It's not like it's not there. Um, you just don't have the people right next to each other doing it and, you know, getting bids and offers in a very quick manner, right? Because they're right there. But you, you know, you bring, you bring the robot into this because people can develop algorithms, but there's still human element in some of those things. So yeah, it's, it's weird. There's gonna be a lot of different stuff that happen over the next couple of weeks still. Somebody's got to input the numbers. Computer doesn't do it on its own. No, nope. Somebody's ideas are in there. All right. Lots of things to look at. Stick around folks. When we come back, we're going to continue. You heard um, Aaron talk a little bit about the ethanol market and what we're seeing there. How much of what's happening in the crude is going to have an effect on what we see in the ethanol and lack of movement as well. And we're going to see that effect on the livestock side when it comes to uh, meat consumption. Where we're sitting from our vantage point, we are looking over at the Devaney Sports Center where one of the state basketball games is going on and the parking. It's, it's a ghost town. It really is. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. Should mention we're broadcasting today at the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkup. As Aaron Bertels continues to join us, uh, we're talking about the the things that were happening. I know that the way the oils have been trading, many are thinking cheaper gas. How's this going to affect the ethanol market? Are we going to have to see ethanol plants possibly shut down? As as we talked in the first half, Aaron, it's just this, this crazy cycle that we're in. Yeah, and ethanol, you know, crude oil, all that's probably the most direct impact we have right now to the grain market. Um, and it depends on how long this takes place, right? I mean, if it's a month, if it's two months, if it's three months, you know, it just depends on how long these things get pushed off. The economic part of this is going to take a while if we shut things down like we are right now, because 
it's just going to take a while to get consumers' confidence back up to go out there and do the things that they normally do. I mean, we've seen this before where you can have this thing stop, but then you have to get people believing again, right, and believing that it's okay to go out and do these things at a normal rate, you know, that they, they've gotten used to, and they'll get back to that. It just will take a while, and however long we're off, this is how long it's going to take to get back to 100% again. So we're going to continue, obviously, then to see these outside market influences, how the dollar is trading here, how it compares to South America, all having factors in on this grain market. Yeah, and during a time where that's really all we have to look at, right? I mean, it's it's not something that's it's it's all this perception right now of what what's this going to do to our demand because demand is the only th- topic we have. There's no production concerns right now. We're not talking about production. That's a month or two off, which is probably the thing that makes me the most anxious just about the timing of this is you know typically you would expect markets to go down in april you know early may because you expect the market expects you to plant a good size amount of acres that's going to get us into a suitable place with a good yield at the end of the year and that's just what we always expect and the market's going to react to that depending on where it's at um, and you know sell off to some extent but this is happening now you know, and there's this flushing of it because there's nothing underneath it, no buying necessary at this time when you're a month and a half away from anything that could be remotely exciting from a production standpoint, right? And we know demand for corn's not great right now. We had a good day today, but, you know, demand for corn, beans is just, it's behind what we hoped it would be at this point. Is it going to take something bad, which I hate to see it happen, but something bad happening in South America? To get these grains excited and hopeful? You're already seeing some of that, though. I mean, Argentina cut their crop by 3 million metric tons yesterday and obviously didn't have any impact today. Um, And some of that's because of dryness that they've had. So, again, none of that's going to matter until you get past this panic point, right? You've got to get past the panic of everything that's happening right now before you can start to absorb some of the information that's out there. Because soybeans, in general, are fundamentally... A pretty strong market. You have the lowest carryout we've had since 2015 right now. You should expect that carryout to go down as we go throughout the year. On average, I think it's like 170 million bushels that it loses as you go through the year. We should expect better demand this year than we saw last year if we can get things back to a normal place Um, because China's going to want to buy. They're going to need it, and I don't see any reason why they wouldn't if we can get things back to somewhat normal here. So, all of those things are friendly for beans, and the carryout you're expecting at the end of the year is not astronomical compared to what we saw last year. We were expecting over a billion bushels of beans, mm-hmm. you know. And right now we have 425, and you're expecting you know below 500, I think, for for next year. That's not terribly scary, and certainly deserves a better price than what we have today. But none of that matters today. <laughs> and how it's how it's affecting the livestock side as well. I mean, it's as bad as it is on the grains. The livestock are getting hit too. Yeah, and the livestock me is maybe a little bit bigger issue just because of how much more closely tied to the economic markets it is. You know, when you think about how much beef and things like that are consumed in restaurants versus, you know, just at home, I mean, it's 40% or so that's Mm -hmm. consumed at restaurants. That's a big number and it's going to take a while when it's logical to think right now that people are going to go out to eat less. I mean, that's just what's going to happen here um, as you get to this thing moving forward and we have more and more restrictions put on us as they start canceling these things and really maybe, you know, telling people that they need to stay home, right? Um, 
you're just going to have more and more restrictions. That's going to be tougher on the livestock market. And that's why you've seen it moving so much more aggressively with the stock market. And it has not changed its approach. It has been following the stock market uh, very closely for, I'd say, three weeks to a month now. Definitely some interesting times that we're in. So looking at the overall big picture, to that guy or gal that's out there needing to do some marketing, how do you go about it in these volatile times we're in? Or do you sit back and wait? You've got to quit worrying about the downside right now because it's already happening. There's not much you can do for that. You need to start thinking about when it comes back up, whether that's June, whether that's late May, July. Get your plan together for what you're going to do there. Uh, maybe start thinking about what you can do if you sold some bushels um, to try to get back into this thing at a lower point. Good advice. What's the best way for folks to get hold of you? Just give me a call at 402-309-3171 or email me at abertles at crossroadsml.com. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell. Find it on our website as a podcast at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.